Hello and welcome to Poetry Blokes, the podcast where one bloke likes poetry and the other doesn't. I'm Matthew Adamo, failed novelist, third-rate poet, and now a beleaguered poetry teacher. And I'm Rich Gochran, a moderately successful engineer and lifelong lover of things that actually matter, like football, cricket, and the ability to make stuff out of wood. I don't hate poetry, but I do think it's a lot of words, in a confusing order, to say very little. Join us in this series of podcasts as we rummage into the recesses of Rich's mind, pull forth any literary force that may be lying dormant, and see if the world's most literal man can acquire the soul of a poet. He doesn't even believe in souls, so I've got my work cut out already. This week we're looking at the sun, but not directly. Welcome to Poetry Blokes, the slightly delayed Christmas and New Year episode. We're changing things up a little bit. We're going to be looking at a science topic, and we've chosen the sun, because that's in space, and space is science. Unfortunately, it's also a topic that neither of us knows anything about. I think that makes it better. I'm an engineer, not a sun engineer. (laughs) Sun engineering. So today, we're taking the definition of the sun from my Chambers Science and Technology Dictionary, first published in 1940. This is a reissue from 1992. So, um, you know, it's up to date. But as I'm flicking through to get to the sun, I've just landed on a page where it defines strangeness. Go on. Strangeness, a property that characterizes quarks and so hadrons. The strangeness of leptons and gauge bosons is zero. Strangeness is conserved in strong and electromagnetic interactions between particles, but not in weak interactions. K mesons and hyperons, which have non-zero strangeness, are termed strange particles. I like that. I like that our sort of understanding of the subatomic just got to the point where we ran out of words to describe things. So so we're like, this is non-strange. This is sort of what we expect it to do. But this has got four strangenesses, (laughs) because it's it's four times stranger than we anticipated. Have you ever done anything on quantum mechanics? Actually, no. I mean, other than sort of reading books that touch on it, it is fascinating, but it is also absolute mindfuck. Mindfuck is the word. It's just the physics at A level. and It's just got no... Can I go on a slight tangent here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And rein me in at any time. But it involves ships, so I thought you might like it. Lovely. So I was having a conversation with my dad in the garage, as mm. one does, and we touched on vectors. Yeah. We started talking about that a bit. My dad was essentially explaining vectors to me, and I was like, oh, okay, right. And then he told me about the meridian. Yeah, and how that came about and obviously that was there to help ships sort of navigate so we basically set an arbitrary point against which we could then map all other vectors on earth yeah directions of travel so i was like oh, okay interesting but i was thinking in line with the subatomic stuff we assume that time is a constant right but it could be a variable or just sort of not really that important on the space level of things and i was thinking if you took away time then sort of distance wouldn't matter either would it no, it wouldn't. Not even in the sense that if there was a ship in the middle of the ocean that was trying to come back to London, it's not like it wouldn't take any time to cross the distance. But I mean, like, even the concept of distance, would that exist in the same way without time? We've gone into general relativity here, haven't we, already? Oh, I always do that. I don't think we should start. I don't think we should start with relativity. <laughs> okay. I think just because I remember a scientist once saying, I forget his name now, but it was, it said something along the lines of, if anybody ever tells you that they understand general relativity, they're lying. Because I've studied it all my life. I'm a professor of general relativity and I don't understand it. 
Okay, that's good. That makes me feel better. And I've read Relativity by Einstein, and it is utterly fascinating and bewildering. And I couldn't follow it. But I would say it's worth a read. If you like, it does the maths of why, as you approach the speed of light, time shortens or compresses, doesn't it? And he does the maths in the book, and it's not, it's not actually particularly complicated math. So it's worth reading. Yeah, you're right. Maybe we shouldn't start with that. Maybe just ask me about the sun. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Should we do what we're supposed to do? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sun. Astronomical. The central object of our solar system and the nearest star to Earth. It is at an average distance of 150 million kilometres. See, astronomical unit, which we've actually discussed in this podcast before. And on account of this proximity has been studied more than any other star. Makes sense. The source of energy is nuclear reactions in the central core where the temperature is 15 million Kelvin and the relative density 155. The core extends to one quarter the solar radius and includes half the mass. Our sun is nearly 5 million years old and is about halfway through its expected life cycle. Every second it annihilates 5 million tonnes of matter to release 3 times 10 to 26 watts of energy. The surface layer is the photosphere and above it the chromosphere and the solar corona. See also Aurora, Faculae, Sunspot and Hertzsprung-Russell diagram. There you go, Matt. That is the sun. Thanks for that overview. I mean, whenever you start talking about space, you sort of have to forget anything you know about distance or quantity or time because the scale is irrelevant. It's so... (laughs) You're saying you can't imagine 150 million kilometres. It's very long. (laughs) I always just like the constant nuclear reactions, nuclear fusion in the middle of the sun. I think it's fission, isn't it? Fission just... Just blowing it up. Um, I like it as well. Ben- it's just cool, isn't it? Beneficial to Con- everybody. It's constant. That's what I like. It's 26,000 light years. Hang on. The sun resides 26,000 light years from the Milky Way's centre. So we're like, we're nowhere near the centre of the Milky Way. And that blows my mind as well, because if you ever see those pictures of space where they look at like one small sector of space via a telescope and there are like one million galaxies in that small sector hmm. and we're 26,000 light years from the middle of our own so I don't know I don't, what's going it's on it's a good thing we're that far away though isn't it because there's likely a black hole in the middle of the Milky Way oh yeah I suppose so we best stay this far away also can I correct you I think you said 5 million years old the sun but surely it's 5 billion yeah you can't correct me it's 5 million according to Chambers Science and Technology Dictionary that must be a typo. Must. I mean, it does seem relatively recent. <laughs> Given that, hang on, no. Did I say 5 million years old? Yes. No, I said it annihilates 5 million tonnes of matter. No, it does say nearly... F- <laughs> this book is bollocks. It says our sun is 5 million years old. This is, sorry, this, this dictionary must have been created by some creationists. <laughs> yeah, I just want to add for verification reasons. I'm on solarsystem.nasa.gov on the sun page. Yeah. And NASA says, the sun and the rest of the solar system formed from a giant rotating cloud of gas and dust called a solar nebula about 4.5 billion years ago. Yeah, billion. Uh, there's a typo there. Yeah. 
So the sun accounts for 99.8% of the mass of the entire solar system. It's big. Heavy. Heavy. Thick. Thick. What is there to say about the sun? (laughs) It's absolutely massive. It's fucking miles away. It's hot (laughs) as fuck. And it is not 5 million years old. Should I write to Chambers Science and Technology Dictionary? Should I write to Chambers and say, mate? That edition's 30 years old and I feel like someone might have picked it up in the third edition. I'm really disappointed. I didn't use the internet because I I thought, you know what, books are... Where did you get that book? I've had this book for years and years. I think it was my dad's. One of my favourite things is I read a little notes on some website about the sun. Yeah. There's some little fact, little facts, some little factoids about the sun. And one of the one of the notes was, "You can't stand on it." <laughs> so I, thought was I thought it was great. Just a reminder to everybody: it's a huge ball of gas. I'm just looking up photosphere now. I wonder how close you have to get to the sun before your eyes start melting. Hmm. Good question. Does the internet know that? I feel like I might need to write a page about that. Do some investigation. I'll tell you what, I like books and stuff. They're not as quick as the internet. No, that's the beauty, isn't it, in some ways? Depends on what you're looking for. I mean, if you're recording a podcast, sometimes speed is... Of the essence. Yeah. Also, I don't want to alarm anybody, but the sun will someday run out of energy. It's already halfway through its lifespan. It's got another five or six billion years left. It was halfway through its lifespan in 1940. How long is its lifespan? Depends on whether (laughs) the lifespan's listed in your book or (laughs) the actual facts. Photosphere, ready? Yeah. The name given to the visible surface of the sun on which sunspots and other physical markings appear. It is the limit of the distance into the sun that we can see. Huh. Oh, okay. So there's stuff that we can't see in the sun. I guess so. Does it mean with the visible, the naked eye? I feel like the, the, this, <laughs> this book yeah. being out of date is really hindering our analysis of the sun. Was this book like on sale at a boot sale? Like heavily discounted. NASA says that the visible light from the top regions of the photosphere are too weak to be seen against the brighter photosphere. But during total solar eclipses, when the moon covers the photosphere, the chromosphere looks like a red rim around the sun. Ooh. So different, different levels of the atmosphere. I am interested in what a Hertzsprung-Russell diagram is. Magnetosphere. I'm all about that. Something with magnets? Electric currents in the sun generate a magnetic field that extends into space. To form the interplanetary magnetic field, the volume of space controlled by the sun's magnetic field is called the heliosphere. The sun doesn't behave the same way all the time. It goes through phases. Ah, don't we all? <laughs> Approximately every 11 years, the sun's geographic poles change their polarity. It's all sort of interesting. It's all stuff I feel like I've heard before. Do you know what I think is interesting about the sun? Go on. We measure how old the sun is by how often we travel around it. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose we're kind of stuck in not really having any other good ways of measuring anything. Quantum clocks? You want to whack a quantum clock on the sun? (laughs) I I don't even know if that's possible. There's a section on the NASA website that says potential for life of the sun. The sun itself is not a good place for living things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, I wanted to tell you something which is sun-related, which is I was on uh, Reddit, I think, and some guy was saying how he sort of came to a rational decision of like sort of wanting a religion. He was like, I read about the benefits of having a religion, but I didn't really want to pick any of the world's religions because I don't really believe in them. Mm. He's like, so I thought about it and he was like, I heard about sun worship. Bear with me. Just listen to the pros. 
He was like, one, the sun is visible. I can see it. It's there. This is a good thing for me. Two, it is the reason for all life on Earth. Everything on Earth needs the sun to exist. So I like that. And he's like, three, there's basically no outlay, either money-wise, time-wise, or religion-wise. <laughs> I basically just wake up, walk out, and be like, oh, yep, sun's still there. Excellent. I go on my way. He's <laughs> like, I'm really happy with my decision to become a sun worshiper. Oh, that sounds nice. He's not burning any sort of obelisks in it. You know? No, I, I kind of like his sort of deductive reasoning to come to, I've got this gap in my life. I need to fill it. I'm going to pick the sun because it requires no effort at all. If you had to worship a celestial body, what would it be? Sun is a good shout. I mean, don't just copy that guy. Think for yourself. Well, isn't Mars meant to be the god of war? I feel like he would be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Don't think I'd bother. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got more facts that I can respond to? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Give me some more I've, facts because I'm quite interested. But again, this is supposed to be me teaching you about something. But again, it's you teaching me. We can roll with that. <laughs> Nuclear fusion. There you go. It was fusion. All right. So fusion is putting things together. Fission is breaking things apart. Yeah. It can take 170,000 years for a photon to complete its journey out of the sun. Whoa. But once it exits, it zips through space at more than 186,000 miles a second. Wowza. Solar photons reach Earth about eight minutes after they're freed from the sun's interior, crossing an average of 93 million miles to get here. Yeah, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? So speed of light means it would take eight minutes to get from the sun to us. If the sun were to suddenly explode, we wouldn't know about it for eight minutes. Eight minutes of bliss. Do you know that if space could carry sound, then the sun would be as loud as a jackhammer all across the earth. Oh, God, that'd be awful. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because I suppose if that were the case, then we'd evolve just not to hear any sound within that frequency because we obviously couldn't exist. So we just wouldn't be able to hear anything in that frequency range. Do you think, given enough time, we'd evolve to not hear jackhammers? <laughs> Do you think- People are like, Do you hear those building works? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's happening, it's happening. <laughs> that is insane, though. Just, that's how much energy the sun's got to still... Well, I can tell you about the energy, mate. Hang on, give us a second. What, you get the book out again? The book out. Oh, fuck, I've lost my page. Can you tell me about the energy? What was it annihilating? It was annihilating 15 million... Matter. Was it just matter? Yeah. What kind of matter is in the sun, Matt? Gas and plasma? No, mate, come on. Hydrogen, hydrogen and plasma? It's an element, isn't it? Helium? Those are elements. Yeah, they are. I, I said hydrogen and helium. Surely that's got to be in there. I think those are in there, yeah. Sure. Why have you stopped talking? You said it as if you were going to f- give me the facts. No, I'm, Google- <laughs> I'm Googling them now. <laughs> Fuck me. Right, I can give you the percentages as well. Really? Go on. The sun contains about 90... About... Come on, NASA. 92% hydrogen. Good guess. 8% helium. Another good guess. Well done, mate. Why have you stopped talking? Are you Googling now? I was reading something about solar wind. Solar wind's quite scary. It doesn't make any sense to me. I was just trying, that's why I went quiet when I was trying to read it. In addition to light, the sun radiates heat in a steady stream of charged particles known as the solar wind. The wind blows about 280 miles a second throughout the solar system. Yeah, that's why <laughs> they propose that it could be used for propulsion, haven't they? Like you could literally sail through space using the solar wind. 
because they obviously if they strike a surface in part energy you could use that to to drive yourself on who's proposed that i don't know are they doing anything about it again <laughs> again not sure not sure <laughs> man i am an absolute mine of information on the sun <laughs> what's your second favorite star oh uh cirrus interesting why i think is it that is a star isn't it or is it a star system cirrus star it's the brightest star in the night sky matt yeah there you go means glowing or scorching stars are mad aren't they it's it's just like when you try and get your head around all of this stuff you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to a point, you're like, yeah, 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 I understand this. And you sort of take a step back and you're like, so it's just it's just an enormous burning mass of gas that is. But it's not it's not burning, is it? It's fusioning. You need oxygen to, to burn. So it's not burning. It's yeah, fusioning. Fusioning constantly. Like like mad. Just... And that is generating various things, heat, etc. Well, let's do a little bit on fusion, shall we? So how much heat is the sun emitting for us to actually feel warmth on the Earth? Oh, mate. Because it has to traverse, like, all of space, which is surely, well, a vacuum, right? So, oh, this is where my mind starts caving in, and you're like, oh, I'm not not good enough to be an astrophysicist. I remember fishing from physics at school. You fire a neutron, don't you? Well, a neutron hits a particle. It breaks it apart. In breaking apart, it releases three more neutrons, which go on to form a chain reaction, and a little packet of energy, a little photon, pops out, and that's where you get your energy from. E equals mc squared, mass energy equivalence. These are all phrases that are coming to mind. Fusion, not got a clue about it, mate. Not the foggiest. But aren't you basically firing two things into each other so that the energy packets they're in sort of explode, or at least are unleashed, so the energy comes out that way? The energy packet. <laughs> this is actually like more energy. More energy. You're literally listening to two people learn. That's what's happening here. How does fusion work? Yes, I was right. Yes. All right, explain. Fusion is a nuclear reaction that occurs when two light nuclei smash together yeah. and fuse to create a heavier nucleus, releasing energy in the process. Yeah, but how does that release energy? I know that much. What's the mechanism for energy release? Fusion involves ramming together nuclei of light elements like hydrogen so violently they fuse together producing fresh nuclei plus neutrons okay we know that the lower mass of the fusion products is turned into energy via Einstein's equation but over 10 times the amount produced by fission for each gram of fuel ah okay what's Einstein's equation Matt? E equals mc squared and what does each of those elements mean? energy equals mass times the speed of light squared in a vacuum very good. Well done. Lovely in a vacuum. <laughs> Needs to be there. It does. It's very important. Well, there you go. We've learned nothing. Back to the sun. Any more facts for me on the sun, Matt? Uh, not really, other than it's really big and it's just constantly fucking shit up by carrying out fusion inside itself. And then the photons that are in itself struggle to get out of itself. When the photon is out of the sun, it just cruises through space until it hits us and we can see stuff. There's so much about gravity that we haven't covered. Do you know what I'm obsessed with now? Magnetism. It's always like, what? Just magnetism. Just holding stuff together. It's just there. It's just a force. <laughs> Nuts, isn't it? 
No one really knows why it's there, but it is. It is nuts, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Science is great, though. I absolutely love it, but I'll tell you what, on a Sunday night... I'm pro-science. It's just, it's just all the working out and the methodology in between. I'd love to have like a little chat with the professor. I don't think I'm conveying on this podcast how much I like science and my knowledge about it, which is actually quite a lot. I feel like I've let down everybody by being underprepared and overly tired. <laughs> You've let down Newton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I apologise to everybody for everything. For everything. <laughs> yeah. This has been the worst science podcast you've ever heard in your life. This might be a good point to say that because of Rich's ongoing um, lack of preparation and <laughs> extreme fatigue, that we are going to take a break and go on hiatus for a bit. And we'll come back at a time when Rich can keep his eyes open for a whole podcast recording. See you in 18 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was the sun. And that was Christmas. Christmas podcast released late January. Doing our best. When we do come back, we'll be back to poems. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. The science stuff for us. Well, I thought it'd be funny to, to turn the tables and go from poetry to science, but you've let me down by not knowing enough about astrophysics. <laughs> <laughs> by not knowing enough about a subject I've never studied. <laughs> Loser. Or it's ever, all science, ever mate. claim to be, a, be an expert in, in any way, shape or form. Unbelievable. Sorry about that, mate. That was a fun little rambling insight into the sun. This is a quick summary. It's really big. It sort of operates on a nuclear f- fusion basis. Like I said before, the little photons inside it struggle to be birthed out of it, but when they are, they're just out in space and they can travel much more easily. The sun is approximately 5 billion years old and not 5 million years old, as you may read in some Collins Science second edition. That's not slander Collins, it's a Chambers Dictionary. Sorry, Collins. Chambers Dictionary. If you happen to have that in your library, what's it called again, Rich? It's called the Chambers Science and Technology Dictionary. First published 1940. <laughs> yeah, burn it because it's nonsense. <laughs> no, there's lots in here that are good, actually. Like, it, it's... No, yeah, don't... Yeah, burn it. And on that note, join us again sometime in the near future where we start looking at poems again. I can't tell you which one because we haven't decided yet. But it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. And in the interim, take care of yourselves and each other. And don't look at the sun. Do you have a well-known poem you'd like us to discuss? Or maybe you've written your own engineer's overview you'd like to share. And if you have an embarrassing poetry-related story, well, then you definitely have to get in touch. Go to poetryblokes.com forward slash submissions now to let us know all about it and you could play a part in the next show. Poetry Blokes is created and hosted by Matthew Adamo and Richard Gopric. Our theme music is Press Start by The Laszlo Project. Buy their music by going to bandcamp.com and searching The Laszlo Project. Our producer is Dominic Gore.